All authority in your heaven and earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Behold, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. And he did that, I believe, with college-aged young people. This is episode two of the Pray for Campus podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keene. Now, I've been on staff with CREW, which is a missions organization to college students for nearly a decade now. And over that decade, I have had a lot of opportunities. I think in America, we have so many different opportunities. And today, we're going to be talking a little bit about why college students, why I truly believe that college students are the most strategic demographic that we can focus time and attention onto to see the Great Commission get fulfilled as soon as possible, to get the gospel to every tribe, every tongue, and every nation, ASAP. And actually, I'm going to start off with a story. And uh, this story is from Luke chapter 11. Well, actually, before I do that, I'll ask you a question. Yeah, I'm going to ask you a question first. How do you picture the disciples? You know, when you picture Jesus walking around with his 12 disciples, what what do they look like? Um, do they look like the chosen? I notice all those people are pretty good looking. Do you assume all the disciples are good looking? Um, how old were they? What would they look like ethnically? Like, you know, we have no pictures of the disciples, but still we have this idea in our head of what they look like. And that means a lot, too, because when we start thinking about the stories, when we start playing the story in our head like a movie, we picture certain people. And um, I, I want to challenge you a little bit, like, how old were the disciples? I, I know, actually, I have a book right here, and uh, it's my daughter's children's book. And uh, let me see if I can find it right here. We've got some gray heads, some bald heads. Honestly, none of them look young. we got a really full beard on every single person there. I wouldn't care to guess how old they actually think they are. These are cartoons, so you know how accurate could it be? In order to answer this question of how old the disciples were, how old I think they were, obviously I don't know for sure, but we're going to go to a story, Matthew chapter 17. This is a really interesting story. We don't talk about this story terribly often, um, but yeah, there was a temple tax that was due to be paid by every Jewish man entering the temple. And here's the story of how Jesus paid his temple tax. On their arrival to Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went to the house. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings pay tax to their own people or the people they conquered? Peter responded, They tax the people they have conquered. Well then, Jesus said, The citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them, so go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find there a large silver coin. Coin, Take it and pay the temple tax for both of us. Now, I wanted to read that whole story because it's, it's just kind of wild to me. The fact that, that it's like, where is the money going to be coming from for Jesus to, uh, to, Jesus to pay the temple tax? Well, he actually just sent Peter out with one line and one hook, and he reeled in a fish, and there was the money they needed for the temple tax. But I want to ask you a question. There were 12 disciples. Was Peter just the favorite? Why didn't the other people pay the temple tax? Well, actually, I don't think Jesus was showing favoritism here. I think the other disciples were under the age of 20, because people under the age of 20 
did not have to pay the temple tax. So that tells me a few things. Jesus, we know, is in his 30s. Peter, I think, was probably a little younger than Jesus. Just be kind of weird if he was older than Jesus. We know Peter already had his family. But I think all the other disciples were under the age of 20. And a lot of people think they were between the ages of 14 and 21 um, throughout the course of Jesus' ministry. Now, that means so much to me. That's so motivating to me. Here's why that's motivating to me. Because there would be a time in these disciples' lives that they would talk to Jesus for the last time. There was a moment that Jesus, in, in his you know, in, in his bodily form, would bring these disciples together and would give them the greatest commissioning that humanity has ever seen. Jesus would say, "Behold," he would say, <laughs> "Excuse me." They would say, "All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father." and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Behold, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. And he did that, I believe, with college-aged young people. That blows my mind, because I go out on campus, and I see a bunch of college-aged young people, and they're wild, they're heathens. I, you know, can barely get a student to roll with with a small responsibility, but God gives them the biggest responsibility. And then you and I are here today to talk about it because of the obedience of those college-aged young people in 30-ish AD. And that is mind-blowing to me because I think through Scripture, God has continually used young people. And even when we see the modern missions movements, which I hope to do a whole episode about, we see young people spearheading the excitement for the Great Commission. So when I go to college campus, when we play some dumb ultimate Frisbee game and new people are coming, I make time to get with those people because you never know who you're going to talk to. You never know what that person is going to do when one to Christ, when properly built up in their faith, and where they're able to be sent out for a mission of their own, where they're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, or a teacher, or a missionary, or a pastor, or a preacher. You never know. And it's a humbling experience to be able to work with college students, but it is a little like like the gratification is sometimes far off because when a student starts walking with Jesus, there's a whole lot of bumps in the road before they actually start showing that on the outside. So over the last nine or ten years of working with crew, like we've seen people go on and have families. I've seen people, one person that comes to mind right now is a guy named Eli. Eli um, was laying in his bed his junior year of college, he was a fraternity guy. He was the life of the party. He um, was always, you know, out drinking everybody, out laughing everybody. And he was laying in his bed on a Wednesday night feeling discontent. And he was scrolling on Instagram, doing the doom scroll, and he came across an ad for our weekly meeting. And he put his cell phone down. He realized the meeting started in 20 minutes. He threw on some clothes. He got to our meeting, and actually that's the day that he prayed to receive Christ. I wasn't even there. I was just told about this guy who was like this big fraternity guy that trusted Jesus for the first time. So when I got back to campus, because I was gone for a few months, I got back to campus, I got the chance to disciple Eli, and it's super cool because now we have completely different job descriptions. Now he is a soldier working in Virginia, but he's married, he's got a kid, and I got to see God completely transform his family tree. And I got the chance to actually build in to that family tree, which I am super excited about. So what if we would have caught Eli at the nursing home? We'd have just put it off. 
you know, there's a lot of people in nursing homes doing great ministries, but what if he hadn't had the chance to trust Jesus at 20 and he decided to wait till he was 75 and that's the ministry that we were in? Well, I think you just miss a whole life that's been lived that could have been lived for Christ. And on this next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about, about God's heart for young people because I think all through Scripture, God makes it a habit of using young people. So when someone asks me the question, why young people? I'm like, well, if it's good enough for God, it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. And I'm totally fine with investing my time in what, is, what God is doing in the hearts and lives of these young people. That's it today for the Pray for Campus podcast where we connect you to the generation that will finish the Great Commission. Please subscribe and uh, follow us on our social media accounts and stay tuned for more information that will cultivate your life and allow you to better be able to pray for my ministry.